Hello, welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. It's me, Z, and this week we've got a pretty great show for you. I'll tell you, if there's one thing that salespeople are passionate about, it's their numbers. It's something I get asked every month. Hey, when are the new sales numbers coming out? Right? With the new Line Drive sales report platform being rolled out, I thought this would be a great time to have a conversation with the members of our finance team. We discuss their various roles, the trials and clunkiness of our old WinRep system, and what led the team to undertake a ginormous project to make a change. You can hear their passion in looking for ways to improve the process and to continuously make our sales reporting better and more effective. Prepare to be mind-blown at the sheer amount of both work that goes in, as well as how many data points this team is managing in a year. Then, for all y'all that get pressed when the monthly report is two days late, I thought it'd be good to have a quick conversation with the true sheroes of that team, Denise and Becca. They break down how and what happens each month to gather the data and make sure that it's accurate in our reports. Closing us out by popular demand, it's the Minnesota dealmaker himself, Matt Scott. Growing up on the mean streets of Washington, D.C., then working in some interesting former jobs, Matt has had a chance to work in many aspects of Line Drive's business, starting out in the Minnesota Territory Manager role and now dominating key accounts. He shares some great memories and why his favorite sales tip is more than just a gambling term. His competitive spirit dominates in both a Zoom meeting room as well as down on the mat. Plus, you're going to love the story about the time he made a sales call. You know what? I'll let you find that one out for yourself. So sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right. Thank you all for joining us. I'm very excited for this segment today. I've gotten a lot of feedback, um, raving fans of Certified Fresh. I mean, people are subscribing, their family's listening to it. Um, right now, I'm like 900,000 on iTunes ratings. But the feedback I've gotten a lot of uh, people have curiosity is with this great group of people that is based out of Itasca in the office, and it is our finance team. So we've got with us today Kevin Shiner, Rebecca, and Denise. How are you all? Good, Brian. Good. Paul, Brian. Excellent. Glad to be here. Yeah, so one of the, the main focuses that we want to talk about today is the upgraded new and improved line drive sales reporting system and it's been a journey uh for those of us like myself and kev and others who've been around for for a long time uh we've gone through some some different portions and and we've had different people that are working on this system so i thought before we got into it let's just understand the people that are on the finance team and starting with uh rebecca if you can give us some insight on your role Sure. So as far as uh, sales reporting goes, I receive all of the data from all of our manufacturers and um, a lot of distributors and take all of that data from different formats and put it into a standard template that we've created to kind of merge all the data together in a way that we can upload it into our system. Excellent. So all the back-end consolidation, making sure we have good quality data that's able to be loaded into the system. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. And then from there, we've got Shiner. Shiner, how are you today? Doing great. Great. And so, Shiner, how do you take the data and what happens next? So I'm the analyst, and um, I basically take all the data, try to get it into a format where it's easily readable, 
um, you can, you know, visualize it um, and, and being able to put it in together for different uh, parts of our business uh, for, for them to be able to use the data. All right. So helping build out those reports and get that visibility that the salespeople need to understand their business and, and where they need to focus attention. And, and Denise, greetings. 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 So um, Denise has got a, some, you got a few different roles on, on, on the reporting side. Um, actually, I, uh, I work with, directly with the finance people at the manufacturers um, to gather all of the data and pass it on to Becca. Um, I, I don't actually work with any of the data anymore other than auditing and making sure that they're including what they need to include and they are paying us correctly with the right percentages, uh, commission percents. Yes. And, um, and when, um, when it's completed, um, Becca and Shiner and I get together and do auditing and making sure that our numbers are as accurate as possible. Yes, Denise, the audit queen, making sure that we're getting paid our monies like we deserve. Yes. <laughs> and Kevin, uh, Kevin, how, how are you play with the, this, the rest of the group? Uh, how do I play with the rest of the group? Yes, um, I enjoy leading this team and, um, you know, thinking... Um, if we take a step back on how, how this really got going was, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about it, but our old program called WinRep, which used to be what we, the software we used to do sales reporting, um, became very cumbersome. And we were able to look at a few off-the-shelf type software programs to, do, to, to track sales reporting. And they were both very costly and not very um, friendly to some of our needs, uh, being being a manufacturer's rep and the, and the needs that we have. So um, from, um, from a team lead perspective, we identified what we needed to gather, you know, what data fields we need to include uh, present time and also going forward in the future what we may need. And, um, you know, it's been exciting to pull this thing together. And I, I know we'll talk more about how it came together as we go forward here. Yeah, no, that's great. And I appreciate you all jumping on today. So, Kevin, you brought up WinRep. And WinRep is a system that uh, uh, we had used for many, many years and very Excel-based. And uh, I think looking at it from, from my standpoint, back when we were uh, a much smaller organization, it was a tool that was you know designed for manufacturer reps, and it made sense in those smaller type applications. But if we've grown to sixty plus, um, you know, sixty plus people and and different distributors, manufacturers, you know, what were some of the limitations that you saw with sticking with that uh, that system? Yeah, the some of the limitations that jump right out at you were um, as our as the actual database grew um, over the years, it it was very cumbersome to work with because it was all over the internet transmitted data from a database that probably wasn't powered very well. Um, and as it grew, and you know, Becca and Denise and Shiner can attest to this. We used to crash out. We used to, you know, it used to take um, very long. You know, it could take an hour or two hours to upload one manufacturer's data for the month. So imagine that times, 
20 or 30 uh, times a month um, with, with, with all those big files that we had. It was getting very cumbersome. I would imagine Shiner from... It wasn't actually, oh, go ahead, Denise. It wasn't actually able to hold all the data anymore, so you'd have to pull a month end in, in pieces in order to get it all together. Plus, every time you had a new customer, you had to manually enter. Becca had to manually enter that. Um, and everything in there was just for what we had responsibility for, where now um, we can get all the POS data in and just filter it out with what we don't need. Uh-huh. So it's, it's yeah, really it's, different. That's a really good point, Denise. The, um, the, the first, um, especially 12, 13 years of our business, we had a very significant blend of purchase information, uh, information in our database, which is what distributors are buying from our manufacturer manufacturers. And as we've evolved over the last, uh, six to eight years, we've become more and more POS based and pumping in information on what is selling out the distributor doors versus selling into their doors. So, um, we're very heavily POS based now and that, that brought with it more data, more transactions. If you think about it, you know, a trans, uh, a month worth of transactions from, you know, a big distributor is a, is a lot of lines for any of our big, big product lines. Um, and it, it just, the, the amount of data became, uh, became huge. And the amount, uh, on a good note, we were getting more information from our distributors in regards to zip code based information. And in some cases, still, still rarely, but we still want it. Um, you know, what the end user location is, what the end user name is. Um, we also get, uh, item information as everyone knows down to the product level from some of our distributors. Right. So I can imagine Shiner from your side, trying to run reports and pull analysis off it ahead of it, a nightmare. Oh yes. Yeah, definitely. took, uh, uh, trying to combine that data. Actually, uh, most of the data from WinRep was just high-level dollar, so you couldn't or, um, really use it so much. So we went to using Excel um, in the beginning and combining Excel files to to try to put together the data that was needed. Well, here's another point, um, and I'm going back 15 years ago, <laughs> almost 15 years ago. The data that was going into WinRep didn't include zip codes. So it went many years with all the data going in there without even being able to use a zip code. So it was basically by distributor or, you know, a total. Um, And Kevin, I'm sure you remember probably 10 years ago when we brought in a company that was going to show us a new system that we could use. And after six months of dealing with that company, they said, we can't do this for you. You guys have way too many exceptions. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do remember that. It was, uh, uh, and then going on from there, as we were, you know, we've been investigating different companies and, you know, different softwares. Um, it, it, we always seem to run into a jam where, you know, they wanted to do all the, the uploading and we had to supply them with certain things anyway, but they couldn't do this or couldn't do that. So there was always exceptions to the rules where it wasn't going to work for what we wanted it 
And believe me, there are lots of exceptions to the rules here. <laughs> so yeah, so when you talk about that volume of data, Shiner, how, mu- how many data points do we bring in, thinking across of our manufacturers and distributors? Um, well, between the, we have about 20, 20, almost 30 manufacturers, 30 manufacturures. And then, um, with um, hundreds of distributors, many, many new (laughs) data sources from distributors, um, further than just Fastenal or Granger POS, it's all the key accounts that we're getting POS from and just different distributors supplying all these new data sources, so we were really exceeding the data limits and functionality that we had with WinRep as, as the business grew and became more complex. Yeah, so for, for 2020, we're looking at, for 2020 and uh, first couple of months of uh, 2021, uh, we're looking at about 4.7 million lines of, of data that's already been uh, uploaded into the into the system. Oh, that's um, 4.7 million. That's amazing. That is so much data. But I guess yeah, that's, it's a lot. So so obviously you're trying to push us into a, an, an antiquated system and we try so we, I guess there's a breaking point. You know, Kev, you mentioned you, we said we got to do something different. Yes, yes. And I have to shout, I give a shout out to to Shiner and, and, and definitely with Denise and Becca for backing him in in being the, the, the team that would come and say, we are, we're pushing the limits of this old software. It's cumbersome. It's slowing us down significantly. And um, you know, that they made it easy to make the decision that we need to do something different. We need to invest and um, create something as we decided to create something on our own and set aside a, a reasonable amount of money to do so. And, you know, build out a build out our own database, and and that's been uh, it's been a really cool process so far. We're really proud of um, you know where we're at with it and how much um, easier things will get as we progress as well. Um, so, you know, just definitely kudos to the team for uh, pull, pulling us to this point. Right. So as you come together and you're thinking, all right, we want to, we're going to make it in-house, we've got tools or we've got resources to do it on our own. What were some of the goals? What were the functionality or the, the features that you wanted to build into the system? Sure. Yeah, the, um, the ability to um, pull out the different portions of the, the month-end report that we have in existence today, but the ability to pull out, you know, and call it go back uh, 12 months, 18 months ago, in order to um, to do anything, we pretty much had to email a giant file that had tons of data in it, which was a, you know, um, fairly cumbersome. We weren't able to really extract an individual uh, amount of data, you know, set the parameters. I only want this SC's data or the data for this account. We're with the portal that we've built, we have the ability now for you know the SCs to pull their own individual data. They don't have to pull this giant file that includes everyone else's data. So it's things like that that um, make this just a much easier tool. Then from 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 there as well, we, we really never had any great vi- visualizations uh, in regards to sales and, and and charts and graphs. So we're working in the portal to. Um, to improve those, to, to create, you know, have thoughts on creating new ones and be able to, uh, 
you know, look at something that means something and tells you uh, trends and, and, you know, maybe calls out areas of concern so that, uh, you know, our salespeople are, you know, not spending as much time analyzing and, and are able to get a good crisp look at something. Well, and talk about time saving. Um, what this do, well, when we were using WinRep, we take our largest manufacturer and it would take like a, it could take two to three days to get all of that data uploaded or into WinRep. And now within an hour or two, you're completed, right? Yeah, I would say there's a huge difference from having to add line by line, one by one for each manufacturer and each distributor, a new location, adding that manually and then mapping it all to import into WinRep versus now we can upload it straight to the database once it's formatted and we don't have to create line by line uh, new distributors or new um, locations for customers. Wow, so that, that was definitely... Yeah, un- 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 oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and one, of the, one of the goals that was, um, was also for, for an SC or um, uh, uh, a rep to, to be able to go in, see their own data it would and not spend the time trying to do their own to to you know filter down to their name and and spend time they can see what they, where they're at um, they could download their raw data for themselves and there's additional tools involved to to be able to see who their top zip codes are and and w- which zip codes may may be falling short um, so it, it's giving a better line of sight for their own data and they don't have to you know spend spend so much time. Um, you know, trying to figure things out. Right. Another so- thing too is with the SCs, they're able to log in to the sales reporting portal and view any live data that's been uploaded in real time versus waiting until the month end report goes out to see how they did for Granger that month. Instead of waiting the whole month, they could pop in, see if it's been uploaded live as the data goes, goes into the database. Yeah, Becca, that's a good, good point. Um, what what would you say on uh, like uh, or Becker or Shiner on on average like Granger for example how many days is it usually uh, when it's when it's uploaded uh, is it you know couple ten after the after the month end um, usually Granger gets uploaded the first week of the month so we can start pulling and uploading data the first of each month and depending on if there's any. Uh, hang-ups with Granger, like new password resets or stuff, the majority of Granger POS that we pull from the portal is uploaded um, in the first week of Excellent. And I think the second, by the second week, we would have Fastenal. Yeah, that's usually around the 10th of the month. So, yeah, so you're going to have people that are going to be just constantly clicking in there trying to pull the latest and greatest data, like at Fanatics. We hope so, yeah. <laughs> so, so it sounds like, you know, one of the overarching themes is just ease of use, right? So from Becca going from three days down to an hour and a half, but also from SCs or SAMs or CAMs going in there and being able to quickly grab the data that was important and relevant for them. That was sounds like a, an overarching goal for this project. Most definitely, most definitely. It's all about, and it's all about what we you know, we, we know we have a lot of data. It's about getting it organized, getting it to be efficient and, um, showing people how to use it and, and us being the lead on, 
you know, this is this is what we think good looks like. Give us feedback if you have something that that you want to see, and uh, you know, we'll take it from there and try to create it. I love that. I love that the flexibility or the the ability, I guess, to enhance and build out. So, just thinking about it without uh, without pulling up the whole Gantt chart or, or whatever mind map you guys have pulled out. I mean, was, certainly we didn't go from well in January we're going to use WinRap and in February we're going to use the line drive sales reporting system. There, there was probably a lot of energy and effort to get from one to the other. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about what it did take from the beginning of this and. Uh, you know, Denise Shiner and Becca can comment on. So we had, we have, I shouldn't say we had, we have a lot of Excel files and we have them, you know, uh, in the cloud, uh, in SharePoint, on our OneDrives, et cetera. And the amount of these files and the size of them. And then you heard Denise say that we used to have to split. Um, at some point we had to have, you know, a, a particular month could take two or three files split up that would have to ultimately be combined. So uh, where I'm going with this is, you know, the the team and, and, and Shiner, I know, had to patch together a lot of data just to get ready to put our initial set of information into the new database, which I believe is 2019 data. Is that right? Or is it 2020? 2019. Because- took 2019 data from WinRap and uh, I kind of had to format that into the new um, upload template uh, to get that old data from WinRap into the new system. Yeah. That was time consuming, right? Pardon? That took took some time to gather and get that done. Oh yeah, for sure. When did you all just, it's a frame of reference. Oh, go ahead, Denise. And on top of it, because we were building out and, and you know, there's always little things that come up that we finally have to backtrack a little bit. Um, Becca has also been keeping a running master list of all the data so that when we pull the report from, when they pull the report from the database, we have something to compare it to because we want to be sure that everything is being captured in the database the way it's supposed to before we start just using that. So we had we've been they've been auditing the database information against the, the main running list that Becca's been keeping manually just to make sure that we're we're capturing everything. So we have a high level of confidence with the new system that we're accurately capturing all of our data points. Correct. So when you know, we, we, we come to this, the frustrations there, we, we see it's a better way. When did this, when did we first start? When did you all first start building the new line drive reporting system? I think we've been working on this since October 2018. We started building out <laughs> no, I think uh, you're right, data comparisons and reporting types, uh, gathering all the old data from WinRep, um, months of formatting that and Endless collaborations with Shiner on data verification. If there's anything you want to add, Shiner. Yeah, we were just, again, from 2018, we were just trying to see what do we need, what information do we have, just gathering everything, um, and then kind of laying out how this is supposed to work. And um, the first first goal was trying to create the month-end file um, that we've always been having. So using everything that we have, 
let's try to recreate what we what we're used to. Um, so that we've been able to accomplish, and then now we're able to start you know creating new stuff and new reporting and and uh, additional you know features. I like that. I think Brian, the, a good question at this point was how did everyone feel when we made the jump to <laughs> not, not doing petrified. <laughs> this was this was interesting, Brian. I mean, we 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 obviously had to pick a jumping off point, and we didn't want to run two systems for too many months in a row because it was super time consuming. We would have burnt everyone out. So, right. um, but we did. I mean, we 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 ran the, the team buckled down and and ran. I'll let them say how many. I, I can't remember exactly how many months in a row we did it, but. Um, you know, Denise was a little nervous. I think Becca was, I think I know Shiner was, it was like, you know, is this going to work? When are we going to jump off and when are we going to leave the old system behind? And, um, I know we can look back with hindsight and say, um, you know, this was a great decision. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it was, there was some pain and some anxiousness, uh, going through it. It's like you're you're comfortable with the devil you know, but at some point you just you can't. It's unsustainable long term. Yes. Right, and because of because of the extensiveness of moving to a new database and all the setup that has to be done and making sure, you know, poor Vivek, I'm sure was going crazy with. Okay, now you need to do this because this changed and. Um, it, it was very, it, was, it got a little tense between the finance team for a while there, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. on streamlining this whole reporting process. Was it good that we had some social we distance? We, we now have things that still come up, changes, and the, we sit down and we go through it. And we figure out the best way to handle it and, and we move on. So we're doing well. That's great. No one, no one's like going to have a nervous breakdown anymore. That we're feeling good about the new system. Maybe if I was still using WinRef, that would be the case. So we've put reporting world. Right, we've put the system together now. I know this is a great time to talk about it because we're starting to roll it out. Can you talk to or share with us a little bit about the the phased approach of the launch and what that training plan looks like and how we want to roll it out to the team? Well, we've already rolled it out to the SDs. Um, and to the RSM, which now will change based on the, the new information we've received. Um, but the system will stay the same as far as how they're going to use it. Um, the SAMs are going to roll out on the 18th. Um, the key will come after that about a week later. And then leadership, and then we got some inside sales stuff so the inside sales people can see their team information. Um, but China, I think you can talk about how we're getting there and what it takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rolling out to the SCs, um, you know, the alignment and how the alignment um, uh, goes is by zip code and um, what they're aligned to, and then the hierarchy. And uh, so, so um, it'll it'll go all the way up to leadership and and being able to view down to drill down to the SC level um, and see what, the, what data is and how, how each team is doing and each uh, um, SC is doing. So it's a really good line of sight um, from leadership down um, to, to how everybody is doing. And then um, from 
Um, from the SAM side of things and the key, uh, the CAM side of things, they'll also be able to see their their data at a high level, and we're looking into more drill downs into their data as well. Uh, so that's good. So it's going to give uh, a SAM or CAM an ability to really hone in on areas where we're growing or maybe we're, we're struggling a little bit and, and get involved and, and help with uh, that situation. Right. Absolutely. I, I think another thing... Um, That'll be, it, we, we tried a little bit of it last, well, we had some data in last year into um, the system in regards to a forecast, but we are in, in the process of loading uh, forecasts for, for all the different uh, types of salespeople um, for 2021. So important to be able to track, you know, how your actual sales are doing versus what we forecasted for 2021. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a really great feature to be able to get the visibility on where you are uh, personally to your, your growth driver dollars. One, one that, that'll be right on their dashboards. Yeah. And when, and we know as well, and, and we, we have to walk before we run. So I don't want to like open the floodgates <laughs> where we know, um, you know, Shiner's done a great job of creating some reports that when you when you download an Excel file, it it popu- auto populates and f- and formats uh, in a pretty slick way. Um, there'll be more of that coming. We want to have you know several different call it standard type reports that you can pull out. And one of the views that's been asked for quite a bit is, you know, it's great. I can always see a year to date, um, uh, a month number, and then a year to date number. But what if I want to look at um, the calendar year, you know, I want to look at a 12 month view to see how sales are looking um, month to month because we, we know there's certain events and, and sometimes seasonality that happens with the product lines we represent. So um, we're, we're working on making it easier to see, you know, monthly history as well. Oh, that's great. That's a good segue. Right, now, oh, go ahead, Shiner. And now we're also, we're also transitioning to uh, quarterly. So, I know that's another another curveball that was thrown at us uh, earlier this year. That that uh, you, you know everybody's going to want to see their numbers, how they're doing quarterly. So that's a new feature that we're gonna we're working on adding as well. You guys love curveballs being thrown at you. That's great. <laughs> we would be bored without them, right? So I would say, you know, Kevin, you mentioned a couple of things. Without uh, without the um, you know giving away too much, as far as where do we see the future? How do we see this evolving? And what are the next steps? The, all right, I'll, I'll reveal a few crystal ball um, type ideas. So the, the first one is um, you know, the ability to get to maybe end user level data. So if we've got zip code data, we've got manufacturer by zip code and um, where we have it and maybe we'll be able to continue to add you know, who the actual customer is, who's the actual user is buying things. How cool would that be to see? Uh, along with that goes with item level data. You know, I, I want to know what this zip code or what this customer, if we have it, bought from Fluke, which items specifically, or, or any manufacturer. So those are a those are a couple of um, key areas to to, to con- continue to build on. Oh, there's one more too. Um, maybe I'll let uh, Shiner, Denise, and Becca say something while I gather that. Yeah, where do you guys? Um, I, I know we're we're also we're also going to be um, implementing the uh, the uh, expenses, uh, being able to see their own expenses as we we have that um, uh, it's it's being 
So they're able to see how they're, they're tracking toward their goal for that year. Uh, that's also coming out. Yes, yes. Uh, and um, I'll file that under no thank you. I know everyone's, everyone's thrilled that we're watching their expenses, but it's just a good, it's a really good, really good gauge for everyone to keep track of, um, you know, how we're doing on the, on the travel and entertainment side. The other area that I, uh, I lost my train of thought on was um, crosses over into the pipeline deals world. And, and also with, you know, kind of our digital marketing and, and talking with Anthony and that side of the business the you know the data that we have from sales and the data that we're we're learning about and gathering to do our digital marketing and our pipeline data all have similarities and can be used together to be really powerful so you know in the future we want to start melding and and what does melding mean you know does it mean that we get sales numbers into pipeline deals somehow perhaps that would be really nice but that those are those are things that we're talking about and thinking about right now because ultimately it certainly would be great if if um, as a salesperson uh, you're going into an account and you can look in one software program and see a picture of what that what that business looks like with some of the core details I just mentioned um, you know that that'll make us a a more powerful sales team. No, that's really good. I, I appreciate the the insights into what the future looks like. Yeah, one one of the goals that I was looking for future as well is is being able for the um, SCs to be able to use their data and to generate leads based on the data they have. Because if they're going to have line of sight to end users, they would they'll, they'll see a list of end users in their area and and sales that are bouncing against their zip codes and say, oh, I, I haven't really met, you know, seen this, this customer or, hey, a customer just bought a boatload of fluke items or, or, or DuPont items and be able to go visit and say, hey, I, I see you just did this. Is there anything else I could do for you? Oh, well, all this sounds excellent and uh, really, really want to thank you for taking the time and the energy and effort that you all put into this. So um, really looking forward to seeing how this evolves and, and where, it, where it's going in the future. Well, Brian, we're, we're, we're happy that you invited us to participate in Certified Fresh. We're, we're, we know we're very confident that our segment is going to push you into the 800,000 some realm on, on iTunes. <laughs> so we wish you the best of luck with that. All right, so I wanted to come back and, and have another uh, segment on here, just a, a little point of clarification, because I know I hear it all the time in the field, and it's like, where is my report? It's the third of the month, and we don't have WinRep, and um, it's not because... Becca and Shiner and Denise aren't working hard on it, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of factors that go into gathering the data and, and putting it together, and then getting it out in report form. And I thought I would give the uh, the team and, and, and Becca and Denise a chance to clear the air and give a little insight onto what actually happens on a monthly basis when we're compiling the reports. Well, I can I can start off by talking about the manufacturers themselves. Um, we have been trying to get them to get us reports by the 20th of every month. Um, most of them are, are doing really well with that. And some of them that do well have snags where their system goes down and they can't get the data. 
Um, so by the 20th, whatever reports we don't have, I start contacting all of those that are missing, um, getting status when the reports will be coming, and then keep following up with them when they don't hit what they tell me. Um, sometimes, and I don't think it's as bad anymore, but it was pretty bad for a while there. We weren't getting all the manufacturer reports until going into the second month. So as soon as we have all the data, we it's, it's the month-end report is done the same day, if not the next. So is after anyone we do our audit? I would say, is anyone who's not got their expense report receipts in on time? You you know you don't want to be on that end of the Denise phone call. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm much nicer to the uh, manufacturers. Well, <laughs> makes sense. They they pay. They're writing the checks, right? So, yeah, so that's a good point. I think maybe calling back a little bit earlier when Becca's talking about how long it takes to transfer in is that you know, yeah, sometimes manufacturers are getting us data at the end of the month, but now we're able to audit and enter quicker. Right. Um, sometimes we're missing pieces. You know, like um, you know, last month hit a. Uh, Fastenal didn't go in because we didn't get it from Fastenal. And it's not because they don't want to give it to us. There's contracts that have to be signed on, on the manufacturer's side that they haven't done. So we no longer can get that information. But anything that is not major that's going to hold up the reports, like we would never go do a month-end report without DuPont numbers right? Um, or MCR. But there are smaller accounts that we will go without it, but we're putting that, I'm putting that email out as the report is posted by Becca that here's, you know, the report's available, here's what's missing. So they know up front that if they go in there and say, hey, there's no kit of Fastenal numbers here, they already know there's not going to be any. When we get to the end of the quarter, we usually don't run any month end that has to do with VCPs without all the data. Right. So I just well, a lot of times we're TLS from a key distributor or some or a key account distributor. And Kevin usually makes the determination whether to go without it or not. So Right. So that's uh, I guess understand because we mentioned that in the, the previous segment that you all are, are working to get, I don't want to say better relationships, but getting the data quicker directly from the distributor and, and having that pull quicker yeah. than, than having it to go from the distributor to the manufacturer back over to us. Right. However, a lot of those that, you know, they're now pushing back and deciding not to give to the, uh, to us anymore, that it would have to come directly from the manufacturer. So now we have a new circle of things we have to work on. So it's not just it's not just going in and clicking on a, a file and just downloading it, standardizing the data and going back. You've got data that's coming direct from the nope. distributor, some from the manufacturer. Um, but I, I do know that you some know, portals we have to download. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, um, we have some manufacturers that still send it in the mail in a PDF, you know, a printout. So not, please, please, <laughs> please don't name names because this is a public market. I will not. That's, no. <laughs> that's amazing. So the different types of formats we get them in is also a challenge sometimes. So okay, so yeah. but we constantly are trying to get them to at least get it in an Excel file, and that's happened with quite a few of them now that 
like a <laughs> never mind. Edit that out. <laughs> we did have one that was, uh, you know, we had to do manually, and they now are providing it in an Excel file. So. That's good. Well, that's good. I know that, you know, as you referenced, part of your role is working with the finance people at these manufacturers to, to build a, a strong cadence and an expectation and uh, helping them understand why we need this data. And obviously, the sooner we can get it, the more relevant it is when you're trying to uh, plan out, you know, where you need to put effort and, and emphasis on your uh, accounts and manufacturer focus. Right. And we have, uh, you know, it seems like they're being more... Um, I don't know. They're easier to work with when it says, okay, this is what you're providing us, but can you add this to it, you know, whether it's an, maybe an item number or something. So we're working on trying to get them to conform to, from their reports that they're used to, to adding more information for us. So. Right. So I just wanted to take a, a few minutes to highlight the, the work that you all do on collecting this and, and know that uh, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different places that we're collecting this data and to uh, pull it off by the first or so of the month is, is a pretty big effort. And we appreciate that. All right, I'm excited for our next guest, somebody who uh, many nicknames, many legends out there, the one, the only, Matt Scott. How are you today, Matt? <laughs> That's a great introduction, Brian. Thank oh, you. Matt, All is good. Yes, I had a couple people after uh, last week, Pez mentioned your, your motivational speech and your... Uh, your um, uh, win-at-all-cost drive, and, and people are like, i got to know more about Matt Scott, so I, I love that, and for, for those of you listening, if you, when you're hearing stuff, and you like, I, I love the shout-outs and the text, like, dude, you got to get Matt on the pod. And we're like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I listened to that bo- podcast with Buzz, and I was thinking to myself, I, I don't remember that dinner, but that definitely sounds like something I would Say. That's great. Yeah, you're like that's. A, I, he told me a story. I've never heard that story. I was like, yeah, that's that's a bad story. That that makes sense. So, so talk to us. I think about, he. I think he made it more PG though. I uh, probably, you know, we were probably me and him together. We we're we we're probably throwing around some language. You were fired up, and I like that. Yeah. Yep. So, so talk to me about Matt Scott because you've got an interesting past, right? I mean, the pre-line drive days, your your days in the the yeah. streets of DC and. Oh, <laughs> you want to go all the way back then? <laughs> I'm probably, yeah, so I'm from Washington, D.C. originally, and then uh, I came to Minnesota and went to college and met my wife, and, and since, I don't know, 98, 97, something like that, I've lived actually in Minnesota, but yeah, I was a, I was a rebel. I, I used to run around in Washington, D.C. and cause trouble and... I'm probably one of the only line drive employees with a tattoo on his neck. So that's probably um, you know, that's, a fair that's one of those things. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, I'm, I've, I've been known as the gritty line driver. You know, the more blue collar guy. Oh. I'm one of you know. I've uh, I've been able to, to to sell the tools and actually use all the tools as well. That is true. If anyone is has <laughs> any use for the tools in, in a garage full of them, it's you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I used to restore cars right. for a living. So many years ago, I would paint and restore cars, got into that business. And then um, I actually, I, I don't know, I, I might be one of the only line drivers that actually was a manufacturer's rep before I came to line drive. Okay. So I worked at a little, a smaller firm, a family-run business um, in the packaging industry. 
And we used to sell bags to fasten them. All right. So that's kind of how the connection came about. Um, it's a very commodity based business, packaging business. So you're always just getting beat out by a penny. There was really no value add there. It's a bag. So, that's so when line drive, yeah, so line drive came, came around and I'm like, wow, this is interesting. It's all, it's tools. I love tools. I use tools. And, um, that's kind of how, how it all came to be. I saw that they were looking for someone in the area and I knew that line drive called on fast and also. Yeah, I remember you you sharing your your days of selling uh, store bags and whatnot, and the, the competitive cutthroat oh business. My of, of, oh my god! Oh my god! Can you can you imagine? I so I used to sell bags to like Kohl's department stores and Target and Piggly Wiggly and all the grocery stores and all the retail stores. I mean, you name it. We had uh, Caribou Coffee was one of my accounts. I used to sell all their like sundry bags. But you got to understand in that business, it's all just about price per pound either resin or paper or you know it's it's so price driven and it's just such a commodity business that um i could never really add any value you know it just didn't feel right so well, I think that's an interesting. Get out. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You said you come from a small family-owned rep group, and then you come over to Line Drive. And at the time, we weren't uh, we weren't these sixty-plus no. nationwide dominant, field, but it was a different feel. And, and I think since, yeah. since you and I've been here, the, the the really the ethos has been sell on value and show how we could do oh, that. So, sure. so it's got to be for you it was a, a nice change. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When I I think when I first started, we had what maybe twenty employees. Yeah, it seems about right. Somewhere around there. And uh, obviously, we weren't national, and we were heavy into the staff to market, which is more of the construction construction supply market. And we still had bundle lines, right? So we could go out and sell our bundle, and we had a lot of tools to, to provide. And we could provide value to these construction supply houses that may didn't, maybe didn't have the knowledge on safety. And really, back then, um, I would say safety was kind of at its infancy with a lot of the customers that we were selling to, you know? That's like, true. Do you remember Fastenal back then, like in 2007, 2008? <laughs> yes. They didn't have a, a huge safety program per se. There was, you know? a, there was no, get... no safety specialists, no, uh, no. No, 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 no private label, well, maybe a little private label, but no, none of the emphasis we see now. No, yeah. No, no. So we, we kind of all came up together. It was, it was fun, you know. It was good. So yeah, so you started with us. I would say you started with us, and you were managing the the Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota territory, which had its own unique challenges over the years. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, and that actually, so the way it started was I took over for John Browsen, who went and ran our Amazon team. I had Minnesota and Dakotas, but the way the territory was broken down back then, I dipped down into Iowa. I think I had some Nebraska at one point. And I also had like half of Wisconsin. So yeah, so you were uh, Minnesota's like hot. You came off after John Browsen, who was a legend, and then it became Matt Scott. In fact, it became red hot Matt Scott, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, so uh, red hot Matt Scott was uh, coined by Gary Polipnik, who was the RVP in the, I guess, the Lenona region is what it's called. Right. But uh, yeah, Gary... We we really kicked butt out there and grew grew that region and he started calling me Red Hot Matt Scott and I guess it came from an old DJ uh, out of Milwaukee whose nickname was Red Hot like so it. he started calling me Red Hot and 
I mean, even today, there's people at Fastenal that that's how they know me, Red Hot. They still call me Red Hot. And I, I haven't worked with Fastenal in years. I think everyone <laughs> should still call you Red Hot, so I'm, I'm putting that out there. That's your hashtag Red Hot. <laughs> I love it. So uh, you talked about sales growth, and, and I, I, I want to you bring this up. You mentioned bundling, and, and I know from working either for years and years that there's one word that Matt Scott loves more than anything when he's talking about a sales approach, <laughs> and that is parlay, baby. <laughs> the parlay. Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. So I talk to Mike Hildebrandt on a daily basis. Right. And um, there's not – we used to have um, like bets. We'd all get together, be on our call or have sales meetings and we would bet each other who could use parlay in, in their presentation or in their, in, in their, you know, daily conversation. So it's just kind of stuck around for like the last, I don't know, eight years, maybe something like that, where, um, it started out at a, uh, a sales meeting we had with MCR. And I was trying to convey the message that the bundle sell, sell is the hook. That That's the value prop. You know, we, we might have, let's say, for example, let's say you have a very small opportunity for one of our lines at a user, but you know that that user has a huge opportunity with one of our other lines. You use the smaller line to get in, right? Right. And once you, once you navigate that opportunity and you say, hey, hey, I'm done with this opportunity, but I really see this larger opportunity as you know, the real opportunity to, that we want to close. So that's kind of how it came to be. It was like, I don't really, you know, this opportunity is fine, but I want to parlay it into this larger opportunity. Right. And that's kind of how that whole, that whole thing came to be in the bundle cell. And it, it, it's kind of like the line drive mantra, the bundle cell and our value prop and, our value added services. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you were like yeah. a, a very early proponent of you know using that relationship, and you, you've helped the customer find a solution. So parlay that into something else. What's the next thing you can get there? But I just like that that is a mid term yeah. parlay. Yeah, the parlay. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we only have so much time in a day, and if you're going to go to a user on one opportunity, I was just I was like, look, I've got all these different lines. There's got to be other opportunities that we can that we can look for here, not just the one we came in on. Absolutely. So you so, made you made cut your teeth. You made your uh, your name as uh, you know Minnesota's finest TM. Uh, but from that, <laughs> how how has your role evolved? Obviously, you've, you've moved into key accounts. What's what's changed in your role, and, and, and you know what's changed with Matt over time as you've developed? Yeah. So uh, when when I first started with Line Drive, I was strictly a territory manager and that's what they called us that role uh, has even evolved so when we first started you and i it was you know we we would have um responsibility for a lot of regional uh construction supply and industrial supply so we'd be tasked to go around and call on these distributors and try to get our lines in into their portfolio so a lot of of program management and talking to their sales teams and making sure they understood how to sell our products once we got it in. Then the role, once we went national and really um, hooked our wagons to like Fastenal, Granger, Airgas, MSC, we took a more um, of a user approach. So we really wanted to divide our time with calling on distributors and the user. So I remember, I might have this wrong, you, you might want to help me, but didn't we have like a, 
specific percentage of time that we needed to work in the field. Yeah. Remember that? It was like 60, 40 or, you know, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the TM role kind of transitioned from working at the distributor level to, to really focusing on the end user and getting in the field with their sales teams and driving business. Then it kept which you know, it kept becoming more and more, um, you know, the, the, the field role became more and more prevalent to get out to, at the user, right? We, re, we realized that if we were going to make an impact, we really need to get to the user. So where you start was more is like program management and some field, and then it kind of went to the field. And now with the key accounts role, there were all these accounts that um, I, I would say with our national strategy to go national we kind of like i said we hooked our wagons to the big national so there was a need for people to really focus in on these key accounts that that may have not been getting as much love as they deserve so those potential accounts yeah yeah the potential you know there's a lot of growth potential you know hey so so how are we going to tackle that so um mike hildebrandt myself um we have some other key account managers that I guess the way we put it is, is, is there's a, a, a two-pronged approach, right? So there's a program management and then a business development, right? Right. And it kind of goes back to the olden days where we were kind of doing the same thing. So you're looking at these uh, these distributors um, that they need programs built. They need us to help them with what types of products to bring in, what types of products to push, what, are those, what should they uh, focus on. So we help them with that. And then we also pull through by, um, you know, engaging in business development efforts, such as, you know, getting in the field with their folks, doing training, doing ladder assessments, all the things that the field team is doing now, um, we do we do as well with these key accounts. We, and we try to get the, the SCs involved where we can, but a lot of times these key accounts, um, they need the key account manager to actually go out and perform these duties and right and uh, help them drive business. So, yeah, I would say that I think that's one way that, you know, the evolution of your role and in, in getting involved in, in, in being a, a fundamental part of the key account team is that you're able to take that yeah. end user engagement and then in the way that you have that, that eye to, to execute at the end user, but also pair that with uh, business development, program management, you know, like building out those, those, uh, um, programs with our key accounts and those yeah. customers that are, whether they're up and coming or that they've got a strong regional focus, you know, I think that's an excellent natural evolution. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, in the way it's gone, it's been going very well. I mean, we've benefited uh, by putting the resources um, in front of the key accounts and we've been doing well. We've been growing the, been growing the, the accounts the way we're supposed to. I mean, we are heavy safety, heavy DuPont right now, but um, um, as you see, line drive brings on these new lines, and and um, as we bring on new lines, a lot of the times, you know, the key accounts is the focus. Right. Well, I've seen, yeah, you lines. guys have had the focus on like Bosch, um, you know, Indusco. There's, there's others that have definitely uh, yeah. leveraged the key account team. So, um yeah, what do you say? Sure. What would you say? It was an area of focus for you in that role. What are you? What are you really working on? Um, area of focus. So, um, 
by keeping it high level, not getting specific to, into any one account. I, I don't need your account plan. I would plan. say, <laughs> it, yeah, let me get through my account plan. That's just no. <laughs> So like the area of focus would be, so one of the things I focus on is accountability, making sure that I do what I say I'm going to do, right? So if I, if I go to a specific distributor and say, hey, we've got this line, I want you to set these parts up based on our um, knowledge of the market, you should have these specific items set up, and this is what I'm going to do to pull through. I'm going to get with these people, I'm going to do product trainings, I'm going to get in the field, we're going to target a few customers and, and try to drive business. So ultimately, what I'm focused on with any distributor is um, it goes right along the lines of that program management business development. I just want to make sure that if I ask them um, to do something and they trust in what I'm saying, I want to make sure that I execute. So really, I guess the overarching term would be just execution. Right. That, that's so, awesome. I, I'm a strong believer in yeah. that. Do what you say and, and say what you're going well, to say, what you're going to do and do what you say, follow up and follow through, I guess is the other way to put that. Yeah, and, and that's it's it's actually you know worked out fairly well. I mean, one of the reasons why we even we, we got Bosch as a as a manufacturer is just because one of the distributors I work with, you know, they they saw the value and and uh, you know we don't win every time, right? We we win and lose, but they see that there's an accountability there. You know, you just you just do what you say you're going to do. That's it, and yeah. you communicate. That's you know, fair. that's the other area of focus. I mean, if I can keep it, keep it to, to execution, I mean, also communication, you know, don't, don't ever have that call reluctancy or, or, or hold back, you know, really drive home that you, you know, it's right. transparent communication with, with the distributors that if, I'm working with. If anyone's going to pick up the phone, it's definitely Matt Scott, which is good. So, you know, <laughs> t- 2019, you've got accounts everywhere. You're on the road, you're traveling. 2020 happens. You know, how, how has your world changed? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's changed just like everybody else, I think. It, 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 actually, as a key account manager, it's probably changed less than for me than it has for like a, 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 a solutions consultant. You know, I talked to... Jalen Case on a regular basis here in Minnesota. And, you know, I, I know that he's been frustrated trying to get into specific accounts. And um, I would say 2019, we were on airplanes every week, right? Either every week or every other week, we're going to see um, management at these distributors, um, making sure we're doing the right things, making sure that the programs are solid, coming up with plans to uh, develop the business. Um, specific elements, you know, come up with those elements in person, face to face, look people in the eyes, shake their hands, you know, <laughs> breathe on things them. That are not serious, breathe on them. Sure, sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the, the, the ultimate dis- difference is um, no one's really getting sick anymore because right. no one's breathing on each other. <laughs> no, one's, no one's shaking hands. Right. No, but I mean, you know, in 2020, some of my distributors still aren't back at their at the branches and they're not seeing vendors. So you got to do everything on a zoom call. So right. rather than travel on an airplane, go to certain areas and, and, you know, I would get in the field and, and engage in business development. Um, it's been far and few, but between I, I've been to Nashville. I've been to Chicago. I just got back from Houston. 
I did a, a sales meeting in Houston. Um, so it just depends on what what part of the country it is. You know, certain parts are open, certain parts aren't open. Right. You yeah. never know what their policies are. You don't want to step on people's toes and you know, kind of force your way in if they're uncomfortable. So um, a lot of that to balance. But I guess that's where that conversation and, yeah. and be, being able to pick up the phone and talk and, and talk through that comes in handy. I would imagine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you want to be respectful of what their policies are and what their beliefs are. Everybody's got a, a different belief system on on how to conduct business um, right now, whether it be in person or on the phone. Um, some people don't like doing Zoom calls. Some people do. Some people don't. So you, you just kind of got to figure out um, how to, you know, kind of freestyle. Right. How to, how to adapt. I think that's... Just, uh, yeah, how to adapt in each different situation. But um, you know, I'm I'm very confident that uh, very soon, at least one you know one of my largest distributors is going to be open and hopefully back up in May. That's what they said. And as soon as that happens, I am going to be I'm out. I'm going. I'm there, man. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> I'm going. So, I'm, I'm chopping at the bit to, to, to get in front of people face to face. So think about it being, uh, I'm going to transition this here, being flexible in the situation and having to, to modify. Would you say that was a, a strong skill that would be involved in wrestling? And can we talk about Matt Scott and, <laughs> and wrestling? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, some of you may know, some of you may not know. I, um, my family has a, a strong wrestling background. My kids, all wrestled from the time they were little. Um, Brian knows from being at my house. He he felt the brunt of one of my little ones back in the day. Try try to take him down. And, you know. I, I'm going to say might have hurt him a little, but um, I'm kind of afraid. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, my kids started wrestling a little at a very young age. I have a wrestling background, a jujitsu background. I used to train fighters in jujitsu, wrestling, catch wrestling, and um, I used to coach my kids wrestling, my the youth wrestling, and then um, all the way up through high school. Very, very strong wrestling background. We watch wrestling on TV, and any if there anything you know want to know about wrestlers, any wrestler that gets in a conversation with another wrestler, they're instant friends. So anybody in the business that's a wrestler, we all know each other. So and there's tons of people in our business that are wrestlers. That is true, and um, we will talk about wrestling for hours. So if you ever get into a sales meeting with me and another wrestler, you, hang on, it's going to be <laughs> just run <laughs> a couple of hours worth of wrestling talk. So Clear the schedule. I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think that was always like uh, the the big thing with Matt, you know, being involved in wrestling the kids, but also you you do occasionally get involved in a little bit of uh, MMA matches. Well, not I'm, I'll be fifty this year, so not anymore. <laughs> but I will tell you one of the um, it's funny. So some of you may or may not know Dale Bartleson. He used to work for Gojo, and uh, back in the day when we had Gojo, we used to to, to go out in the field and do these installs and put up dispensers. So <laughs> I had, uh, this was many years ago, but I still used to spar and train guys, younger guys that fight. And, um, I'm a very technical, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a strong guy. So I'm smart and technical when it comes to, to wrestling. So I would train these guys, but every once in a while, you know, I, you know, I would get into it and I'll never forget. I went on a sales call with Dale and I had two black eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out 
But I mean, look, you got to understand something. In Minnesota, it's a big wrestling community, a big MMA community. And a lot of people know me here. And no one was surprised to see that I had two black guys, <laughs> no, right? It's fine. So, it was just another, another meeting. But it's just another day. Yeah. So, yeah, back in the day when I was younger, um, I will say that I'm, I'm holding up almost 50. You know, the only thing, my, 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 my knee, my elbows, my left shoulder, and my back, they're all kind of tweaked. But, uh, I like you, you know. said, I like you said the only <laughs> thing, and then you listed four <laughs> things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only That's thing is awesome. my back, my arms, my knees, my feet, just my general body, just that. <laughs> I've got one good right shoulder, so we're good. My my ankles are okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we share something in common. We're both runners. That's true. I can still still muster out a uh, eight minute mile. Yeah, you're you're pretty uh, you're pretty spry for your age. I'll give you that. Yeah. So wrapping yeah, us up, so. I know you, you've been here a long time and, and it's hard to choose, but I always like to ask for people who've been around, you know, what, what's your favorite line drive memory? <laughs> I have, you and I, we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but uh, I have many right. <laughs> favorite line drive memories, but the one memory that uh, really sticks out and um, this is going to shock a lot of the newer folks, but JJ used to be my manager. Okay. And we used to meet in the field from time to time. Every I think maybe every quarter. We call them like playbook meetings or what have you. Oh yeah. He would actually ride with me. We'd go on sales calls, and I'll never forget us going on a user sales call to sell saw blades. You know. Right. And we're out there in this dirty little machine shop, you know, and we both got our suits on, and we're out there. Here I am with JJ selling saw blades at this dirt, dirty little machine shop in Nowhereville, Minnesota. And I just always, I, I just, I treasure that memory because I would love to see him go out in the field with one of the new guys. It's just so fun. You know, you know, JJ is very, very upbeat, very positive. It's just, it's just fun. And to see his perspective on things. And how did it, I'll never forget. He called like one of the head guys and I'm, we're out there on this site and we didn't know the answer to the question that the, the gentleman was asking. He goes, hold on one second. He grabs his cell phone. And he just calls like Tim Reynolds or who, whoever the, 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 the leader of our industrial sales was back in the day. And he just asked the question. It was so matter of fact. He's got like a, a top to top meeting going on. I was like, oh, hi, uh, do you know the tooth rake yeah. for this? Yeah. Brian, I'm not kidding you. It was something just like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what is going on? The president of line drive is calling like, you know, the VP of sales at MK and talking about yeah, tooth rake angle. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> no, that's great. I love to see like JJ's enough. JJ, JJ's at at heart a solutions consultant. You know, he's, he's <laughs> he is the ultimate SP. <laughs> I like it. And Matt's putting a challenge on. Matt wants to see JJ get back out. So as we as we start opening up, JJ, you got to get out. Do you make sure you stay in touch with those roots? Oh, oh my god! But the, the, I just think it would be great because you know I I tell these so I'm talking to different SPs from time to time. I'll tell them about the olden days. I'll be like, well, this is the way we used to do it, or this is how it was, and this and that. I, I I guarantee you, no one can ever picture you know JJ running around in a car with somebody in the territory, uh, you know, 
providing yeah, solutions right. at, a, at a, a machine shop, you know. I'll never forget, it was really dusty, and we had dress shoes on, because we had just come, come from a um, like program a, management Right, meeting. you just come from like a and, um, yeah, Exactly. So I'll never forget, and the one memory I have, uh, like visually, is our shoes were so dusty. Our shoes were, we had like black dress shoes on. Our shoes were gray from all the like, like metal dust or something. And I was just like, my God, I'm thinking to myself, man, we're going to have to clean our shoes after this, after this. <laughs> That's great. Though. But I, I love the, the, the authenticity factor. That's great. Yeah. But so. so final question, did you get the sale? I believe we actually did get the sale. Yeah, I'll make sure yeah, JJ's was, a closer. Um, you know, you can have all the context, but you got to close it. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say it was like a 14-inch chop saw metal cutting blade for <laughs> the machine shop cutting, like strutting rod or something like that. And, you know, back in the day when we had MK, you know, they were the they were the premium brace of blade back then. So and we had them stocked as a distributor. Distributor asked us to go out and help them sell it, so we did. There you go. That's good stuff. So, well, thank you for yeah. sharing, Matt. Uh, I feel like an insight into Red Hot Matt Scott <laughs> and, and how you've helped, helped contribute to Line Drive. So thank you very much for joining us. All right, Brian. Thanks. Have a good one. Well, that's our show. Another fresh look into the inner workings of Line Drive. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you learned something new about Line Drive, our customers, or our team. Subscribe on your chosen platform, smash that like button on Teams, and of course, reach out with a topic covering line drive and our partners. As I mentioned in the segment with Matt, I really do love hearing your feedback, and if there's anything you want to know more about, absolutely hit me up. Certified Fresh is a line drive production. Recording comes from new, mildly fancy equipment that helps us increase our production value episode over episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania. And our technical producer is Amy Struckmeyer.